we, we, we've sadly put too much emphasis on the physical at the cost of the philosophical, the scientific aspects of it, as it were. And so I would really encourage people to understand that aspect of it first. Hi, I'm Chantal Miller, proud Navision and Jamaican and founder of Island Girls Rock. On this podcast, we champion women of the Caribbean and its diaspora, encouraging them to share their stories in a space created to celebrate them. It's equal parts fun, informative, and always engaging. Welcome to our tribe. On this episode, we have the pleasure of having one of the most enlightening conversations that we've had so far with Nadine McNeil, otherwise known as Universal Empress. Nadine is a yoga teacher, speaker, transformational coach, and humanitarian whose mission is to ignite infinite possibility in people around the world and share yoga with diverse, underserved communities. Jamaican by birth, Nadine travels the globe teaching yoga, speaking at events, and leading workshops. It's all about wellness. Hello, Nadine, and welcome to the Island Girls Rock podcast. It's really good to have you here. Nadine, I would love it if you could introduce yourself to our audience, who you are, where you are, and most importantly, especially for this podcast, who you're repping. Wow, beautiful. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. My name is Nadine McNeil, Universal Empress, Jamaican by birth, Universal in Outlook. I have lived in just about or on just about every continent except South America. And presently, life finds me in Ubud, Bali, Indonesia, which is sort of my soul home, my spiritual home, as it were. And um, yeah, I absolutely love it here. While I am in Bali, I teach yoga full time at Yoga Barn. In addition to doing that, I also do what I call transformation coaching at an individual as well as group and or corporate level. Uh I am a writer. I'm an inspirational speaker. And really, what am I about? My mission is truly changing lives one breath at a time and learning how to live, love and lead by example. Anything that envision for the world. I really envision for myself practicing what I teach or preach, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Wow, Nadine, that is, in a word, a lot and magnificent and magical. And I'm really excited to get into this conversation. I have to let our audience know that this is a first for us. This is the first call-in podcast conversation that we've had. And we we really, you know, had to work around time differences between London and Bali. It's a seven-hour time difference, I think. That is correct, yes. All right. And it's Saturday night, so we appreciate this, okay? (laughs) Thank you. And I appreciate you and what you're up to. So let's get right into um, your backstory, Nadine. So you've mentioned quite a few things which are all centered around wellness. So yoga, self-care work with individuals and within corporate companies and so forth. So tell me, how did you land there? How did this become your purpose? 
to cut a very long story short, as it were, prior to diving full-time into the world of health and wellness, I worked with the UN, the United Nations, doing emergency response and logistics. Mm -hmm. I have been in the Middle East, Africa, Asia, Europe, Jamaica, the Caribbean, as a result of this work. And basically, my own story led me to what I do full-time. I got to a point of burnout Mm -hmm. within the UN system, as it were, you know, doing field work, being volatile situation, high adrenaline, you know, uh, adrenals in overdrive, nervous system shot. And the thing that helped to keep me balanced was my yoga. And there was a period where I sort of danced between two worlds, the UN world and the Mm -hmm. yoga world. And I recognized that if I were going to truly thrive in either world, I needed to make a choice. And so I chose to step into my yoga world, as it were, full time. So five years later, here I am doing what I love in a place that I love. And, you know, my reward is each time I get reports from clients, students, etc., just on how the impact of their world, of the work that we've done has shifted their lives. Okay, so Nadine, I mean, you said that you made this decision after straddling both worlds for some time. But how how was that for you? How did you navigate actually leaving the work that you were doing with the the UN into full time health and wellness? Because, you know, from the outside, they seem to be quite disparate in, in terms of you know, the functionality of each and the purpose of each. So how did you do that? Well, you know, they are and they aren't, Shanti. Okay. There comes a point where if we're not ready to make a choice, the universe will present us with an inevitable choice, as it were. Right. And in my case, that translated as my mother who lives in Jamaica. I'm an only child and she has Parkinson's disease. And there became a point where I was no longer able to manage her situation from halfway across the world. And so I decided I needed to go home. I needed to get back home to really assess what was going on. And while I returned home at that point, I decided, well, not decided, but life unfolded that You know, I was offering yoga in prisons, in orphanages, in in girls' homes, in Jamaica. Okay. And so uh, the the point being that my initial, and it's it's funny in the yoga world nowadays because many people come to yoga and then look at what they call the karma yoga, the service yoga. Afterwards, I actually entered the yoga world in reverse. Right. So in my early days, a lot of my yoga work was karma. And then I started to teach at one studio in Jamaica, Shakti Mind Body Fitness, one of the first really successful studios in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And then one thing led to another. And I did return to the UN back in 2010, 2012, somewhere about there and started to offer yoga. Mm -hmm in communities in Africa, again, as part of my own giving back philanthropy work. And um, 
yeah, it just got to a point where for me to blossom in either, I loved what I was doing in the UN. I was very good at it, but I wasn't really in touch with people at a human level, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I wish I had more structure in sort of right. stepping from one to the other. Yes. Um, yeah. So one thing I would say to anyone that's looking to transition from their J-O-B to their <laughs> J-O-Y uh-huh. is to try and have a strategy around that. Okay. Um, and yeah, so that was sort of it in a nutshell. I feel like I should be taking notes, you know, because I love how you kind of sum that all up. If you're looking to transition from your J-O-B to your J-O-Y, which yes, that resonates, make sure you have a strategy in place. Absolutely. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Yes, I'm yes. definitely going to write that down. So Nadine, you're in Jamaica and you've made that transition and you're you're doing one-on-ones as well as um, having yoga classes at studios. You know, the next question is, when did Bali manifest and how? What drove you to Bali? I first came to Bali, well, actually in the early, early 90s on a holiday with a boyfriend, but I then returned to Indonesia in 2005, following the 2004 tsunami. Wow. Okay. And it was with UNICEF at the time, based in Jakarta. Mm-hmm. And I traveled around the country a fair bit. And I would come to Bali for R&R. And I fell in love with the place. When I hit my meltdown around 2007, 2008, Bali was the place I came to sort of regain my momentum, my balance. Okay. And um, the owners of Yoga Barn, very dear friends of mine, they would keep saying to me, oh, you should move to Bali. Oh, you should move to Bali. And every year I would come because there was a point when I just left the UN where I would spend about three months of the year in Bali. Mm -hmm. And um, each time I came, they'd go, oh, so when are you moving to Bali? When are you moving to Bali? And eventually in 20, I believe it's 2014, I said, well, I'm going to move. Early next year. Okay. Yeah, and so I did. And um, yeah, I I absolutely have no regrets about that. That's amazing. Now, Nadine, you've said two things there. Um, The first, you made reference to what you called your meltdown. So, and that was in 2007, I think you said? Yes, 2006, 2007, yes. So um, I'm going to ask, and you don't necessarily have to share, but this meltdown, was it an accumulation of different elements and different things happening in your life? Was it one thing? You know, what, what was going on? Why do you refer to it as your meltdown period? One of the things I realized is I had moved two major moves in 14 months. I had left. Holland and went to Sudan. One week after I arrived in Sudan, Sudan went into a state of emergency. Right. Uh, at the time I was in Sudan, it was pretty full on. And then I left Sudan nine months later and came to Indonesia. So I actually hadn't given myself a break and my system physically was shut. Okay. And, you know, I started to have things like anxiety attacks. And I remember, you know, being sent to one doctor after another in Indonesia and no one could find anything wrong with me, mm-hmm. as it were, on a physical anything level. Anything physically wrong, yeah. And then I had gone to see this Australian doctor and 
I remember being in his office and he said to me, tell me something, when was the last time you had a holiday? And I actually couldn't tell him. Oh, wow. And he said to me, you know, I'd like you to take three weeks off, go to Bali and do absolutely nothing and then come back and see me. Well, I managed two weeks and when I came back, my vitals, everything were fine and he was like, you're completely burnt out. And so... In that process, I realized what it meant to really take care of yourself. Okay. Because I didn't know, I didn't know what my my limits were. I would just go and go and go and go and go. And even though I work in the world of wellness now, there are even times where I have to check myself that I don't overextend and extend myself. You know. So okay. the question is, how do we give of ourselves without giving away ourselves? And as women women of color, women of Caribbean descent, women of African descent. It's so easy for us to keep going and going and going because we're strong and we're resilient and we're self-sufficient. Yes, yes. Well, that is... Realizing yes. there's a tipping point. Yes, exactly. Well, that is what, you know, the world will have us believe about ourselves. But we really need exactly. to take ownership on the fact that, you know, being resilient and strong and, you know, the women that shoulder everything for everyone else except themselves, the women who tend to everyone else except, well, not except themselves, but leaving themselves um, for last because we're so giving, you know, is not necessarily a great thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Martyrdom is overrated is what I say. <laughs> Highly. <laughs> Highly, Nadine. But I just want to pause for a minute and give you a big up because you very casually mentioned Yoga Ban. You know that, oh, yes. And then I started to work for Yoga Ban in Bali. I need to explain to everyone that's listening that Yoga Ban in Ubud, which is for me the, the only part of Bali that I know for now, is the most magical, healing, nurturing yoga space I have ever been to in my entire 45 years of living, right? It is probably the number one wellness center in Ubud in Bali, right? The number one place to be if you want to practice, if you are a practitioner. It is it is a part of the world that I actually didn't think existed, all right? So when I was doing my research to go to Bali and to go to Ubud, I'm like, oh, where's the best place for yoga? All these articles came up, Yoga Ban. And this is like in Vogue, in, in Condé Nast, in, in all these, you know, premium travel websites and magazines, Yoga Ban, Yoga Ban, Yoga Ban. And so Nadine very casually mentioned, oh, yeah, then I started to work for Yoga Ban. It's not just any and anybody can get up and go and work. <laughs> For yoga bar, okay, because they're very serious about wellness and who they have and the energy that they have representing them. So for Nadine, a Jamaican rocking island girl, to be in Bali and to be working for yoga bar is a very big. Can I say Rasclat? Is my show? I can say it. Rasclat deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so please, Nadine, I understand humility, but you are a kick-ass Jamaican health and wellness practitioner. All right, so let's just clear that up for everyone. Is that cool? Is that okay? <laughs> Thank you, my darling. It's it's funny. It's one of these things that when you're in something, you don't see it. I mean, mm. the reality is that the yoga ban is the largest wellness facility in Southeast Asia. What? And... <laughs> Possibly the world in terms of what we do. The story of you walking into that yoga class and, you know, I saw you and I was like, oh, 
oh, your instructor is a black woman. This is amazing. And then you opened your mouth. Hello, everybody. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's an island girl. Oh, my God. I am like in heaven right now. So that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And I am most grateful that you were part of my um, first Bali experience. But I'm going to go now to something that you referenced in terms of health and wellness practitioners taking care of themselves, right? Because you are giving. I mean, that is... I think that is the core of most people who enter into that space. They, they're carers. They want to see um, everyone else thrive and, and live their best life in a very holistic manner. But how do you, what steps do you take to take care of yourself? Right now, this very weekend, I'm in Changu by the coast. And, you know, one of the blessings of yoga, of being in Bali rather, is you know, things like massages, healers, etc., are quite affordable in comparison to being in the Northern Hemisphere or Western society, as it were. So, you know, we're blessed to be able to take care of ourselves at a physical level. You know, things like fresh juices following a vegan lifestyle oh, yes. is easy and affordable. It's In fact, if you live in Bali and you have any desire to to follow a vegan lifestyle this it, this is the easiest place in the world to Absolutely. do it um and you know you develop a certain level of awareness to know when it's time to kind of scale back and take care of yourself uh at yoga barn where you could be teaching classes that have up to 60 students at any one time you really need to know how to balance yourself energetically make sure you're getting proper rest eating a balanced diet, taking supplements as and when, because that's a lot of energetic output that's coming from you. Mm -hmm. You've taken this weekend off, basically, to take care of yourself. Precisely. Wonderful. In your introduction, Nadine, you, you also introduced yourself as Universal Empress. So tell me about Universal Empress. Tell me about your brand. The Universal Empress brand is Born out of mainly my experience, Jamaican by birth, I happen to have dreadlocks or locks, as mm -hmm. I would say, mm -hmm. or hasten correct. And um, as you know, women in Jamaica who happen to have locks are referred to as empresses yes. under the Rastafarian culture, the Rastafari umbrella. And I often joke and say, you know, it's a little, it sounds a lot more sophisticated than being just a gypsy, as it were. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I love to travel. Uh, my travels, it is through my travels, I've learned so much about myself and life, i.e. the universal aspect. And really, the mantra of the brand is changing lives one breath at a time. Okay. Yoga is one of the tools in which I, that I employ to do that. And... Ultimately, it's about shifting consciousness. The more aware we are, is the more we show up as self-aware and informed human beings in the world. And mm -hmm. everything that we're trying to see or that we wish for the world, it has to begin by, by self or with self. Absolutely. So, you know, learning to lead, live and love by example, be the change that you want to see in the world. Um, you know, you integrate my experience in the humanitarian world as a woman of color 
who has worked in predominantly male environments, what does it mean to be a woman in the 21st century? And I like the word womb man, W-O-M-B-A-N, because we're all born of that individual and collective womb, as it were. We are the creators of the world. We are the creatresses. Uh, You know, we are sort of the galactic people, as it were, and... You know, the shift of this world is in our hands. Make no mistake about it. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to give that to us. That's something that we have to claim. It doesn't matter where you come from. What I would love you to do from here um, as Nadine, as Universal Empress, is to kind of maybe dispel some of the myths um, or the preconceptions that people have about the yoga space and practicing yoga and people who practice yoga, you know, a lot of people see it, see the benefits, understand some of them, but are are intimidated because generally if you were to want to come to yoga, right, and you Google it, the images that come up, number one, do not look like us, do not represent us. There's very rarely, you know, a woman of color and a woman with body um, represented, you know, in yoga images. And so when you don't see yourself, you often feel that you're not welcome. So, you know, as someone who inhabits that space and does so quite successfully, how would you encourage more black women to come into yoga? And why would you encourage them to do that? I'm going to start first from a physical health dynamic. Many of the diseases that face us as a diaspora, high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, how we eat, etc. These are some of the areas where an awareness around yoga can be really very beneficial. Our introduction or our understanding of yoga is what we see, people putting themselves in these physical postures. As you know, yoga is so much more than that. It's it's the breathing, it's a diet, it's a meditation, it's a lifestyle. It's how we pray, feel and think. Funnily enough, The Guardian ran an article a couple of days ago on Muji, an incredible sage who is based in Portugal. And many people didn't know that Muji is actually of Jamaican descent. Uh-huh. And Muji, yeah, Muji is of Jamaican descent. And Muji, um, his spiritual awakening, as it were, happened right in Brixton in the UK, in London. No. So... Yoga, to me, is anything that we do from a place of awareness. As people of color, we have rhythm, you know. (laughs) We've been dancing from thy kingdom come. Dance is such a huge part of our culture. Uh, There is one particular lineage of yoga, Kemetic yoga, which comes out of the Egyptian lineage, as it were. If you look at the postures in Kemetic yoga, many of them fashion hieroglyphics, the images that you see in Egypt. And, you know, it, it, I've heard this conversation before, and it's one that I sort of sit on the fence of it because there are some movers and shakers of color in the, in, in the yoga world. I know a woman out of Texas, mm-hmm. Ebony Smith. Ebony okay. is a large woman of color who is doing amazing things with yoga, yoga in the hood, taking yoga into inner city communities yes. in the United States with children and doing extraordinary work. You have Leslie Salmon Jones out of Boston, Afro Flow Yoga, where, you know, her whole practice is fashioned around. She was a former dancer with Alvin Ailey, is fashioned out of Afrocentric movement that integrates yoga. I myself uh, 
combine mm. yoga with dancehall. So I yes. teach yoga with regular with with dancehall music, which is like okay. off chain. I've never done one you of know, those classes with you, Nadine. Hello, dancehall no, yoga. You have to. <laughs> what? What? what yes, yes, yes. I tend to offer that a lot, like at festivals and large scale events. Some people love it. Uh, of course. You know, because, <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible to to see how that rolls out. So there is yoga out there for us, mm-hmm. um, and also it is important to me that we also show up when we can and make a statement. Right. I'm all about bucking the system. Mm-hmm. Your path is definitely um, aligned with that, with with bucking the system. Totally. (laughs) Absolute. Unapologetic rebel. Now, for someone who's listening um, to this conversation and feeling a bit fired up, you know, they're feeling that fire in their belly, like, you know what? I'm going to try this thing, you know. I'm going to try this yoga thing. You know, because as you said, the benefits are far reaching beyond physical. You know, it's, you know, emotional, mental well-being as well. And combining yoga with meditation, I know from my personal journey, um, has definitely had a very grounding um impact on how I deal with the many plot twists of life because life is life and you are always going to have plot twists some bigger than some and some plenty at the same time which is I actually can say I do not like those moments when there's more than one plot twist at a time but (laughs) you know change is the new constant and Mm. so as conscious individuals as it were our role is to be able to navigate through all of this and show up fully mm-hmm. you know um there are certain things both in terms of work in terms of life all i can say is thank god for yoga i don't know how i would have managed without it so what would your advice be though nadine to someone who's like okay i kind of get it and i want to start but you know do i have to be flexible do i have to you know is there a, a resource that you could point them to or perhaps yourself you know do you have any instructional videos on your website like what can an absolute beginner do to get started with their yoga journey? Well, I think the first thing is not so much flexibility of the body, but flexibility of the mind Mm -hmm. being open. I do have some classes on a platform called C-S-E-E-B-B-E-N-O-W-C-B-N-O-W-C-B-N-O-W-C-B-N-O-W-C-B-N-O-W-C-B-N-O-W-C-B-N-O-W-C-B-N-O-W-C-B-N-O-W-
coaches because I'm also a writer, Lisa Fugar, who used to write for the New Yorker magazine. And so we're integrating yoga and writing. And you don't have to be a writer to drop into that retreat, but it's basically how do you integrate the modalities of yoga and writing as a way to tap into the self and to, you know, know thyself, as Plato says. For us to really shift, transform, evolve, you got to know yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. From someone looking at this from the perspective of, okay, I've been practicing yoga for a while. You know, I've been going to these amazing workshops and retreats. And I really feel the call to get involved from a teaching aspect. What would your advice be to someone who was really thinking about becoming a practitioner in terms of giving their expertise and their knowledge surrounding yoga? My advice, and I'm not in the business of giving advice, (laughs) but I would say um, my first teacher training was with Shivananda Yoga. I never intended to be a teacher, Mm -hmm. as it were, Mm -hmm. but I got to a stage in my practice about eight years into the process of wanting to deepen my knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing is, and, and this is a huge debate in the business of yoga, as it were. A lot of people coming to yoga, it's not so much that they want to be a teacher in the formal sense of the word. They want to deepen their knowledge. However, it seems the most accessible way to do that is going through a teacher training. I would say try to understand the philosophy of what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, The physical aspect We've sadly put too much emphasis on the physical at the cost of the philosophical, the spiritual, the scientific aspects of it, as it were. And so I would really encourage people to understand that aspect of it first. One of the things that I want to do in my life is to actually teach yoga to young people. And I'm going to be quite blunt, black people. Black young people, black youth, Um, because of my own personal experience with yoga and how it has really helped me in my life on a spiritual, mental, emotional and physical. And I really just feel like when you have something that has helped you, I I am compelled to want to share that with others. So, yeah, and you you touched on a very important point, Shanti, that Mm. I actually did not make clear. One of the things Mm. about yoga Anything that you're passionate about, art, music, dance, cooking, whatever you name it, a practice of yoga can only serve to enhance that. Because as you become more self-aware, that rolls over into whatever it is that you're doing. I bought a card today in a shop that said, there, there are two important days in your life, the day that you were born and the day that you realize what you were brought here to do. And that to me is like, whoa. Yes. And And I have seen that. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful card. I just bought it today. And truly, the rebirth is when you realize what your purpose is. When I met you, you told me Island Girls Rock. I was like, of course, absolutely. Because, you know, uh, the diaspora is scattered all over the world. All over. To be able to pull us together and the name of it and what it represents, huge. There's no misunderstanding what you're about. 
Oh, thank you, Nadine. That was a very pivotal moment when I met you, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I've really loved our conversation. But before you scoot off to go and get some real Jamaican music, some real roots music in Bali, I don't know if it can actually get more magical than that. But again, let us know where we can find you. Absolutely. www.universalempress.com. Universal Empress is one word. And you can find me on Instagram under Universal Empress. You can find me on Facebook under Universal Empress. So please follow up, drop me a line, drop me a note. And um, I look forward to connecting with Island Girls somewhere sometime soon. Absolutely. I have a workshop coming up at the end of October in at Esalen Institute, Big Sur, California, which is one of the magical wonders of the world, hot springs, Pacific mm. Ocean, just really beautiful. And um, <laughs> I know a lot of our peeps are on the Welcome to Jam Rock Reggae Cruise. This will be my third year teaching yoga on that cruise, 1 Brap. to 6 December. Yes. 2018 is already sold out, so jump on oh. 2019. Okay. And um, yeah, just keep an eye out. Definitely. Nadine, thank you so, so much. It's been amazing. Um, I'm definitely going to see if I can manifest seeing you before next year. But if not, I, I definitely need to make a trip to Bali at some point next year. So thank you so much. We salute you. Keep on doing the amazing work that you're doing within our community and for our community. You are appreciated beyond measure. Likewise, my sister. Thank you so much uh, for this privilege and we'll talk soon. Most definitely. Bless up, Nadine. Thanks for listening to the Island Girls Rock Podcast. If you like what you hear, and we really hope you do, please subscribe, rate, or even comment. We'd really love to hear from you. You can catch every episode of Island Girls Rock Podcast on Acast, Apple, CastBox, or your favorite podcast app. You can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram using IGR underscore love or with hashtag Island Girls Rock Pod. You can also visit islandgirlsrock.com to find out more about who we are and what we do. This podcast was produced by Unedited for the Unedited Stories Network. See you again soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah.